Hello everyone and welcome back to the You Just Loves podcast uh, with me Nabil and Nabila, hi! Hello and welcome back. I hope you had a, a good week. Yes. Uh, how about you Nabila? Yes I did, I am great. I just got a new kitten so Congrats. I'm a mama again and I'm gonna be super busy. But yeah, Hi. and you? Um, quite fine. I've been struggling with with sleeping as of late, but yeah, I think quite good during the day. You know what advice I'm gonna give you? The one I always give you: try mm-hmm. meditation. meditation. Last oh. night I fell <laughs> last night I fell asleep so quickly into that meditation. Really? Yeah, it was manifesting your soulmate. What's that? A meditation called manifesting your soulmate and I fell asleep halfway so you know I'm gonna be single for a while because I can't even manifest that without falling asleep right so does that mean that since I have a girlfriend that that's going to keep me awake from sleeping no 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 isn't that a counter effect no 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 there's <laughs> there's different types of meditations so like you get meditations right. for sleep meditations for positivity meditations for manifesting things that you want like success or you know things that you oh. want to achieve in life and I, I was like let me give this manifesting my soulmate a shot because clearly this man is lost and <laughs> Yeah, anyway, uh, so I, that, I'm going to have to try it again because I fell asleep. I'll, I'll need that. I went, to, I went to bed, like, last night, I went to bed, like, around uh, 1.30am, and I literally couldn't sleep, so I mm, got up around 2.30am, I literally spent an hour, and I've been reading this book by Bill Gates, How to Avoid the Climate Disaster, and I was reading it, and it, it kind of brought me some sleep. So yeah, I said, "You was it boring or no? It's quite just good. comforting. Quite good. No, 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 it's comforting." And um, so I tried to sleep, but I couldn't. Um, uh, long story short, I I fell asleep around five thirty a.m. Cheers! So I was been, just going yeah. back to sleep after eating. <sighs> it's been an it's been an unproductive night. This middle of the night eating thing is just not for me, hey? Yo. Anyways, <laughs> but speaking of sleep, I have to tell you this dream I had this the other night. Oh yes, go on. So, I had a dream that... About, about me. You were in it. So, right. <laughs> so, I had this dream where I was in a bookstore at one of the malls here... But it was a combination of two malls that I know. Yeah, it was kind of weird. And it also looked <laughs> like my friend's backyard. Anyway, so I was in this bookstore. And I was browsing for books. Because I have been looking for books in real life as well. So if anyone has any recommendations, feel free to recommend some good books. Anyway, so I was looking for books in my dream. And suddenly I saw a so some people weren't wearing masks. Some people were wearing masks. I don't know if you, when you dream, if you're dreaming of people with masks now since COVID no, started. Never, never, never. I'm grateful for that. <laughs> so I, so I've started dreaming of people with masks. Um, but anyways, in this dream, some people weren't wearing masks, and I was like, oh, is COVID over? 
anyway. Um, and then I saw someone wearing a Jess Naps podcast mask. <laughs> oh my lord, was it me? No, it wasn't you. And it was just some random dude. And he was wearing this mask and it had our logo on the front. And I was like, oh my god, I need to tell Nabil. And I was like, I messaged you. And I don't know <laughs> what country we were in or like where you were, but suddenly you appeared. And you were like, oh, this is so cool. Like, we should go over to him and tell him <laughs> who we are. Oh my lord. But then I don't yes. think we got to greet him. Um, and then s- this wild rhino appeared and it was trying to attack me. And I was just like, this is why some James and the Giant Peach shit right here. Is this like a South African dream? Because I don't dream of rhinos. <laughs> <laughs> Probably. I can, have, I can have dogs. It's a South African cats, version of a dream. Birds. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. I mean, um... Of course, I'm flattered. It's been your dreams, um, but <laughs> um, yeah, we should, I would say we should make some masks. But I reckon we, we're not going to use them for too long now. Hopefully not. Ugh, I'm still waiting for the go-ahead for vaccines here. Hmm. It's, really? Yeah, when, when my, you... my medical aid did send out an email to say. You know, giving the whole process and protocol and all that. But right now it's just for um, medical uh, medical workers, frontline uh-huh. staff, and over 60s. So I still have to wait a bit. Have you had yours? Not, not yet. I think, uh, given the forecast for Italy, I'm going to get my first jab around July, if things go well otherwise it's september okay cool because i'm so not because i'm not going to be here during august so if they call me during august i'm going to get so mad <laughs> but i can't so it's going to be either july or september for me uh but my mom is probably getting vac- vaccinated oh nice on monday yeah oh very nice That's, yeah i said probably because i'm not well informed about her <laughs> but <laughs> uh she's getting vaccinated um one day i assume um yeah she's she's like she's a bit um scared of the astrazeneca vaccine because she's been having she's had in the past some issues and she fears those blood clots but all in all uh unless it's astrazeneca i think all is going to be good Mm. so yeah (laughs) yes hopefully that all goes well um we're pumped. We're pumped, really, to get back to normal. I know, but what is normal now? Yeah, indeed. Um, it's scary what's happening in India. Um, I know I've always been like, oh, you know, India is such a shit country, and but I mean, right. that's, of course. <laughs> I mean, but that's where my roots are, and I, I kind of feel bad now. Um. For the people, I mean, it's been a long time that the government have been messing up and he, you know, he's not been the best leader. I hate Narendra Modi. <laughs> I wasn't going to mention names, but yeah. Yeah, yeah. I do, I do. <laughs> also, he, he is Islamophobic, for one, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, and yeah, he's just let it escalate to this point where India is just suffering. I think it's 
every few minutes a lot of people are dying i don't want to throw out numbers i did check a few minutes ago before we started recording but old age and my memory yeah it's so it's sad and um yeah so i started thinking like you know about how i don't know sometimes i always just randomly go off and wonder in my head about alternate timelines hmm. and i'm thinking i was like any one of those people could have been me i was like imagine if my grandparents oh, not grandparents great 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 grandparents hadn't left there like what would my life be like do you ever wonder oh. that oh i do i do indeed um but I've come to terms with the fact that uh, since I do believe there are alternate universes, I do believe that in those alternate universes, people are thinking, uh, what if my parents went to Italy, for instance? So, so you believe that you exist in another universe? I do. And that is not a good news for others. But <laughs> <laughs> I feel sorry for the people I mean, in that world also. Yeah, me too. But I wonder I if he started a podcast as well. Maybe he's a nicer version of yeah, you. So if, if you. Yeah, of course. If you, if, you, if you take into account that there might be infinite an infinite number of universes, um, it means that there's a billion and a bill, a Nabil doing a podcast about... I don't know, having sex. About constantly. About, about <laughs> Nabil in another universe. Exactly. Um, and Nabil who lives in South Africa and then Nabila living in Italy. So <laughs> every, everything is possible. Um, but all in all, I, I do think about that. And do you think that, um, let's say, COVID apart... Do you think if your great-great-great-grandparents didn't live and left India, you'd be in a better place or in a worse place? It's hard to say, of course. It's hard to say, but I'd probably say worse. Okay. Yeah. And uh, would that be because of a social, economical um, position or rather a uh, like a cultural one because are we, are we talking about see we're talking about colonized india i definitely would have had a shit life there um, right let's no 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 colonization is over so it's 2021 okay. um, but you're not living in south africa i see you're living in in india but the thing is i don't think my they would have left if they weren't colonized hmm yeah so, okay, so we're talking about a non-colonized India. I think I'd have a good life. I'd probably be married with two children by now. Oh, my. <laughs> it would have been like a set-up marriage. And I'd so probably that's... have an accent. I probably wouldn't be speaking English, to mm. be fair, because, you know, it wouldn't have been colonized. But I'd be happy, oh. I think. Oh, I don't know. So, when I think of it, so I'm 100%, uh, my DNA is 100% Moroccan. So I was born in Italy, but both my parents are from Morocco. So I'm 100% Moroccan, as a matter of fact, biologically. But of course, I was 
brought up here in an Italian community. So I wasn't even brought up in a Moroccan community here in Italy. So my thing about me, and I think here comes the whole point of this episode, um, is I feel like I'm kind of a stranger both in Italy and in Morocco. So there was this one of the best novelists of the 20th century, Alberto Canu, who wrote this book, The Stranger, L'Etranger, and he talks about uh, this. He talks about this character in, in the book. I'm not going to spoil anything, but it, it, the whole gist of it is that he feels he constantly feels like being a stranger both in Algeria and in France and France colonized Algeria, Algeria was colonized by France at that time and it's kind of the same because when I'm here of course my name is Arab is Arabic and uh, I reckon my my skin is very light but my name is Arabic um, and I speak Arabic and everything my um, my culture is purely Arab. So uh, when if you, if you come to, to our house, it's more Moroccan than Italian. So here in Italy, I'm not properly Italian as anyone would define it. Same goes for Morocco. When I go to Morocco, as I said, my my skin is very light. I don't. I have a very strong accent when I go there. So I'm not. Anyone can, can spot the fact that I'm not uh, natively Moroccan. So I feel like a stranger there too. And I think that's that's the whole thing that's been going on in all my life, is I kind of feel as a stranger in both countries. Um, so I wanted to ask you whether you feel like the same, or whether you feel like 100% South African, given the fact that your generations came here far before ours. Mm. Um, so for me, I feel at home in South Africa. Like, this is my home. This is... If this country had to go to war i defend this country would that kind of war? vibe hmm? would, would i go, go to, to war? war i'd go to war for south africa voluntarily um we'll see if it ever happens <laughs> yeah, Anyways, I don't think but um <laughs> i am i'm very patriotic to south africa and just africa in general i would yeah, I'd say I'd, I'm very protective and def- get defensive over the continent, as you may have heard in previous episodes. Um, and I don't feel the same way for India, so I don't consider it home. But I feel like a part of me, you know, wants to embrace as I'm getting older. So when I was young, as a kid, I, I was always embarrassed to be Indian. I would always like mm. try and hide that fact and you know like tell people I was something exotic like well exotic in inverted commas mm-hmm. I'd tell them I was like Spanish or <laughs> like you know some European country or some island or the other huh. I'd like try and hide my Indian heritage um, but now as I'm getting older I feel like I want to embrace that part of me but our culture has been so diluted. Oh. It's like now we are Indian South Africans, like as if that's like a. I don't know. I don't know how to explain it, but it's very confusing. Like, I get it. 
Yeah, sometimes I, I feel like like when people talk about say, native South Africans, people whose ancestors were born here, like if they talk about this country and their experiences, I feel like I can only partially relate and I want to mm. relate to them, but also I know that I'm not from here. So I can't actually have full say in the matter mm, like some things right. like i just can't comment on um so i just stay out of conversations where i'd be like oh but my dad like if i bring it make it about me they're like but you're indian and then mm. i feel like if i talk to indian people it's like yeah but you grew up in south africa so what do you know mm. about our struggle i get that Anyways, it's I like a limbo, but I identify like fully as South African, but hmm. I'm have trying to embrace to... my Indian side as I get older. Have, have you ever been to India? Nope. Because hmm. I told you, I was like, I always like mm, India, mm, it's mm. like this and it. yeah. I used, I used but apparently to, it's I... like some parts of it are really beautiful. Oh, I used to do the same, to be fair. I used to kind of hide... My Moroccan heritage, um, up until uh, no, it's not lately. It's like six, seven years ago, I think. Is that when I started getting uh, getting closer to my to my Moroccan heritage? And to be fair, as I said, I was born and raised here in Italy. But if I like, if I had to choose to which country I most patriotic about i think i choose morocco okay. uh, in some ways because i think so italy italy is not is not paradise right so it's not it's not the best country in the world but it gives some since i, I was born and raised in this european environment i do have some expertise let's, let's say which i would like to bring back to morocco to have morocco get on level with Europe, and I think that the whole Africa, the whole continent, I would like to see it rise and get on level mm. with with Europe. Because if you take Asia, for instance, Asia, Asia is not on level with Europe. So the thing about Asia is that it has this uh, singular uh, superpowers like Russia, China, Japan, India, for instance, in some ways. But then there are many other countries which are just left back. Yes. Um, Africa has Africa has at the moment the potential if it if it if it gets together if the if African countries bond together, they have this potential of growing all together on a similar pace. Even though there are many inequalities from country to country, but it has this potential of growing all together and rising uh, and being on level with Europe and. The United States in a far future. So I would like to see that. That's why, if I if you ask me, like, or which country do you feel yours the most? I would say Morocco. But don't get me wrong. I get triggered when someone uh, talks about Italy. Yeah, yeah, uh, I know it's that my country. It's <laughs> like having two countries. Uh, it's hard to choose. If I had to choose, I choose Morocco for the reasons I've said. But all in all, I'm very patriotic about both of them. Yeah, I th but I think I'm I'm more patriotic just towards South Africa. I think I, we've been here 
four generations now so mm-hmm. definitely but yeah it's just i just often think about it and i'm like yes um so like like if for example during apartheid we indian people were not given the same rights as white people were but at the same time they weren't treated as badly as black people mm. and our community were taught or here and in india they you know created the class system where darker people were seen as lower class or black people were seen as less than you and i think like my parents were like oh no we were so happy well not yeah not my parents my grandparents oh we were so happy during apartheid um and i'm like but how can you you didn't have half the rights that mm. white people had and they're like no but we were still treated better than black people and i'm like that's so unfair that you know indians were brought to this well came to this country were allowed in and then they get treated better than people who were born here would raised here their ancestors you know founded mm-hmm. this this country and you know indian people come in here and get treated slightly better than them i mean they were still point. shoved into shitty areas you know where the factories were and half of indian people suffer from asthma because of that and but yeah it's still like um you know it's it's kind of, it, it gets tricky so if you if you take now this is a phenomenon which you you might not feel as we feel it here in europe but we have this little issue which is It's not, it's, it's not an issue like it's controlling immigration and we've been having these waves of immigrants coming in Europe coming to Europe and apart from all those right-wing hogs uh, the whole argument has been revolving around yes they come here and we should give them a give them a home and is there a way we can integrate them so uh, I wanted to talk about integration just a bit. So integration is not necessarily a good thing. Everyone talks about integration as a good thing. I do not think it's a good thing at all, it, the way it's spoken of. So for instance, let's say I'm Moroccan and I come to Italy. We have different cultures. So integration, as it's usually defined, is trying to find a, um, a contact between my culture, so adapting my culture to the culture of the country I'm, I'm living in. Which means, like, for instance, um, uh, renouncing, not, not doing certain things because it's not part of the culture of the country. I mean, so for instance, if I go out, if I say in Italian, uh, God is great, everyone is okay. If I say it in Arabic, which is Allahu Akbar, everyone associates it to a terroristic view or something. So integration, a part of integration is not saying Allahu Akbar. Uh, out in public but I should be allowed to say that so the thing about integration is it the risk is um kind of uh deleting and cancelling part of our cultures just to uh live in another country the way I see it is every single person should be able to have their own culture in any country in the world as far 
as uh, they can respect the law of the country they're in. Um, so, for instance, I have Ramadan and I wake up at 5 a.m., let's say, to eat. Proper integration would be not... Uh, like uh, in Proper integration is just waking up at 5 but not making too much noise, for instance, because not everyone is Muslim here. So when you, when you speak of integration in general, bear in mind that, yes, we should push for in proper integration, but without forcing people to give up on some aspects of their culture. They do not. They do want to hang to. Also, so I, I, I find that people don't want to actually leave their countries. They mm -hmm. leave because they have no choice and they're forced to. Um, it's the same in South Africa, but other Africans get treated so badly um, in our country. Like they get accused of stealing jobs and the government doesn't take care of them. But like how bad does the situation have to be in your country that you're leaving that to be treated mm. like shit in another country? Um, but you know, you talk about... Um, Africans leaving Africa for Europe. So I understand, okay, they come to South Africa because, you know, it's it's a lot cheaper and easier. But I feel like if problems weren't being created by European countries in African countries, the people wouldn't, you know, be forced to leave. So it's like... Um, the UK helping fund raids in this country or sending military into the into into a certain country and now those citizens are forced to leave and flee. The only place they're gonna go to is Europe because they've shown a better life there. They you know, it's looks all rosy and so I think it the the problem is not with integration. Like people don't really want to leave their countries. It's because they have to. And so the main issue for me would be don't interfere in other countries. Don't cause oh. problems in countries that are going to make matters worse, that people are going to have, have to up their lives and leave. So I, I do agree, but I fear that the argument would... So the way I see it is, I completely agree with your vision, but the way I see it is even wider, which means that, yes, I'm Italian, so Italy, for instance, has not invaded Syria at any point. Mm. So if a Syrian refugee comes from Syria and comes to Italy, whether Italy bombed Syria or not, that refugee, as a human being, has the right to have a place in Italy. Yeah, definitely. Anyone who comes, be it Chinese, Vietnamese, American, if they want to flee the country, if unless you're, of course, a terrorist or something, but you should have the right to live in that country. So my parents, they left Morocco, not because they, they, there was war in Morocco or anything, but just because there were more possibilities in Italy rather than Morocco. So that's why they came here. So the way I see it is any refugees welcome, uh, even though we didn't, uh, invade that specific country, those citizens are free to come, should be free to come and to settle and we should be free to give them we should be able 
and we should do our best to give everyone a possibility, an opportunity to try to have their shot. Everyone deserves a shot um, in life. So that's the way I see it. I do agree with you. But also like European countries should hold other European countries accountable. If you see another European country um, funding a war in Syria, why do you just close your eyes and like, okay, no, let's not get involved in their politics. Like you need to hold them accountable. Like I'm not going to trade with you or allow this if you do this. Um, so it, it, it's a bit trickier than that because here in Europe we have this, the European Union is was born as a federalist uh, they, we wanted to, to become a federalist union like the USA, the United States of Europe, but we're not there yet, which means that certain countries can take action even without other countries. So if you take the USA, for instance, Texas cannot go and bomb Morocco without California wanting that. So it's the United States that goes and bombs Morocco, for instance. But here in Europe, it's not quite the same. So France, so if, you t- if we take Libya, for instance, uh, on Libya, there was this uh, huge meeting where Italy voted against. So we were against bombing Libya uh, because we knew the problems we would have later on, when, which we're seeing today, both instability in the country and the immigration flow coming to Europe. But uh, France, with uh, Prime Minister Sarkozy, he took his jets and brought them to Libya and he bombed the country without Italy wanting that. Now Italy cannot say, okay, I'm stopping any kind of trade with you because that's not how, how it can work. It will make the the whole situation even worse for, for us, for instance. Um, so the way I see it is, um, yes, of course, no one should be invading anyone else, um, but that seems like a utopia at the moment. That's why for the time being, I I think every single citizen of the world should be able to flee, to flee the country and to get a, a refugee status in the country they they go to so when they when someone comes to Europe and they come to Europe to Italy for instance or to Spain they should be taken from there and brought to any country in Europe and they should be given a chance so it's not just Spain or, or Italy that are in this kind of mess but it's every single European country collaborating to give all these people a, a chance to be able to build their life here in you Europe. You know what's my ideal world? Like just living off the land and just everyone. First of all, I hate the fact that you need so much paperwork and there's so much admin to move countries. I want to be able to like, just pack up one day and live in one country and then move and live. Cause okay. I'm no, like I have this nomadic uh, streak mm-hmm. in me that I like to move around. You'd be a perfect European. Cause we have this Schengen thing and you can just take one train and go to yeah, France. Yeah, That's to what Germany, I like. But Spain. now the fact that I'm African, I'm going to have to do all the paperwork to get there and then get a job and, it's this the startup cost is not feasible for me until I build like a huge capital to move. Um and also I don't want to do it alone. So yeah. That's mm-hmm. why I was trying to manifest my soulmate. 
<laughs> so we can be nomads together. But anyways, like I, I just like to move countries and just like live, like in a nice place here, then mm. everywhere, and then like not worrying about taxes and bonds and mortgages and all these big words that I hate. I just want to be free and. Mm-hmm. I guess. <laughs> um, so on on that side, I think we will reach that one day. But especially when governments will start separating freedom of movement of people from the movement of capitals. So I can refuse to trade goods with one country, but I cannot refuse to have those people coming into yeah. the country. So the whole visa thing. Um, yes, it, it it was like it was essential when we were in this world full full of wars everywhere, and we're still kind of that. But it's not World War True, is it? So um, I I'd say that I would like to see the European model where we can like with Schengen we can go wherever we want in Europe with in the European Union without having any passport or any visa, or we don't have. Borders, or we don't have borders, but we don't have barriers. Um, like I found, like traveling to Turkey to for me was a lot easier than traveling mm-hmm. to the UK. That was so much paperwork, and they screen you and ask if you are criminal. Let me tell you this. Let me tell you this. So Spain has two colonies in northern Morocco. They're just two, two or three cities. So for a Moroccan. It's harder to get into one of those cities, literally by bike. It's harder than going to Hong Kong or oh, to South yeah, Korea. Oh, yeah, no, definitely. That's the same in, in, is in Palestine, where it's yeah, harder exactly. for them to travel to one city to the next because of all the mm-hmm. checkpoints. Indeed. Oh, and by the way, since you mentioned apartheid, I'd like to say that apartheid is not just one thing that happens in South Africa. Yes, South Africa is one of the places, but apartheid happens in other places. And it's still happening, as a matter of fact. The Human Rights Watch just declared that Israel is doing apartheid against Palestinians. So when you hear about apartheid, of course, we have the whole South African history. No one is going to believe that. Wait, say it again. Apartheid. Apartheid. Oh, sorry. Wait, how how do you say it? Apartheid. Oh, uh, it's, no, it was just yeah, interesting lost, to hear it like that. Lost in translation. Yeah. Amazing. <laughs> um, but bear in mind that someone else is doing it. And to be fair, I'm seeing very little coverage. So everyone, you know, when we study the whole Nazi Germany, for instance, or fascist Italy, everyone is like, well, yeah, it happened. But how come all the people were silent? Those who were at home were silent. Well, you know what? You're silent yourself. I many many people I do talk about this kind of stuff, and I don't hear you being so vocal about Palestine, for instance, or about Muslims in China, the Uyghur uh, population. So we're all silent, to be fair, and we all focus on the things that are make so much noise. So if something happens in the U.S., it's big, and the whole world turns to the US and looks at it. But at the same time, the very same things, and even worse, are happening in another place, 
and the whole world. I think apartheid in Palestine is a lot, lot worse than South Africa. Of course. I mean, South Africa was really bad, and this is even worse. I mean, they got they bombed um, Israel, bombed Palestine a few days ago, few couple weeks Mm -hmm. ago, and there was no 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 mainstream media coverage. Absolutely. Every year in Ramadan, they get bombed. Absolutely. And I would love to see one day every single country cutting ties with Israel. Same. That's Uh, one thing I want. Like, I just want to see a free Palestine in my lifetime. I don't think it's ever going to happen. I know. I know it's positive thinking. I'm going to manif- yeah, of course. <laughs> manifest right. freedom. Don't manifest boyfriends or soulmates. Manifest freedom for Palestine. Yes. Okay. <laughs> if, it, if it works, we all we will all be grateful to you. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, it's been a, a great chat. I've had so much fun. Yeah. Um, I, 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 I need to do some work on myself. Like, you know, get in touch with my roots properly and mm-hmm. work on just anything yeah like just i need to establish an an identity and i feel i'm getting to that point you know i'm a south african indian woman mm. that's my identity yeah and well, i just not just not going to be embarrassed about it anymore yeah, exactly you should never be embarrassed i am going to heal the scars mm-hmm. of my ancestors past so that my children have you might a you better might future uncover something yeah you might also uncover something really 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 interesting as well mm. i always find like you know when you talk about things like this um some white people get very uncomfortable when you talk about things like apartheid and and bombing in in Palestine and y- your sufferings as a, your struggles as a, as a person of color and for white people just get really quiet sometimes when you bring it up it's kind of funny to see hmm. indeed indeed um or you get the ones that well, accuse you of being racist towards white people <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that that's. Or they like, oh, that's a bit harsh. I'm like, yeah, 500 years of slavery and colonization is a bit harsh, more than 500 years. Mm-mm. I think, all in all, the UK is not given enough mud for what they've done in history. So everyone talks about the US, and of course, yes. Uh, but the UK, oh, if you take did it... Did you see how his... people, how angry people got um, when people started celebrating and making jokes about... What's that dude that Prince died? Philip. That guy, when he died. People were getting proper defensive. It was so funny. Hmm. Uh, I mean, I, I, di- I didn't ever say anything. Um, I, I didn't make jokes when he when he died, I do understand those who made jokes and everything. I had never made jokes. I, I didn't even get defensive about him because I don't know him, so I don't really care. Um, but at the same time, I didn't make any jokes. I think out of respect, 
but even though it's not due or anything so i just don't care matter. that's the whole like, thing about it uh yeah i'm like i don't care also it's why do you still have a royal family that are still oh, look, upholding all these values and still a symbol of all this these atrocities that happened in the past just let it go choose oh, yeah. freedom uh, it, it's not it's not, I mean, it's democracy because that royal family, that monarchy in the UK is not doing much, is it? I um, understand like some countries have uh, royal families who actually put in the work, but I don't think, anyways. No, it's the royal family in the UK is a business nowadays. Yeah. And as a business, it's even harder to get rid of because uh, it's a... I think it's a billion dollar business on uh, the, the royal family and also from a stability point of view it's it would be really hard to get rid of the royal family so it's not as easy as people frame it sometimes it's it would be a process which which would take they make it seem hard like years. they've they've made it they've created that system such that it would be difficult to exactly. break, break them down, basically. That's why, that's why even when the whole thing about Meghan Markle happened, I said, yes, that is, that is despicable. But if you think that this thing is going to bring down a family that's been ruling there for centuries, then you might be a bit delusional. Yeah, the that, whole that would, system is built so that it would be difficult to take them mm. down exactly so if, if you take even the same with capitalism perspective, oh uh if you take <laughs> <laughs> that was a low a low shot i had but to add if, that if in you, if you take uh for instance just from low's point of view i think that the queen of england is also the owner of the whole canada for instance, now no one will, will care about that. So if she goes there, I don't think anyone will care about that. But the whole system, how it's legally built, it means that it's a bit hard, especially for the Commonwealth. It will be a bit hard to get rid of the royal family. That's That's a, this is opinion. what I find so unfair. How come some people in this world get to travel freely and be above the law and do whatever the F they want with, and some people can't and some we are bound by laws and we are restricted and we have paperwork to fill out and we have to work for our money and no everyone should be allowed to live freely that's my um, philosophy well, yeah of course um, I think we should we all agree on that Timon and Pumbaa yeah. They shaped my views on this. I love, I love the uh, the light. That was my favorite. That was my favorite movie person. as a kid. Yeah, which one? The first or the, the first second? one? Yes, the first one for me too. But the second one is underrated. I yes, that's what I wanted to say. It's also it's I also really enjoyed that, um, but the first one was my favorite, and the soundtrack yeah, is a masterpiece oh my lord elton john did an outstanding job on that hans zimmer as well <laughs> genius indeed 
well. Well, anyway, it's been a great chat. I hope you had fun, or if you have any any point of view you would like to share on this whole thing. Yeah. I think Just as as our podcast, messages. you know, goes on, this is our twenty first episode. We've made it into the twenties, the big two zero. I think as we go on, we will start to make sense of our identity. I mean, this is always going to come up. Make sense of our that word sounds so weird. Identity sense. Mm. Do, you, do you ever get that like sometimes you talk and you're like this word sounds odd you might have some problems <laughs> <laughs> anyways we'll be as we go on we'll start making sense of things and you know we just started off and exploring topics that are playing on our minds and we want to learn more about and get a feel of so yeah we are excited for you to join us on this journey mm-hmm. of growth and self-discovery mm-hmm. it's it's an enthralling one and i'm so pumped and so honored and humbled to be one of the people of this journey yes one so two <laughs> I this fast is getting to me. It's almost time for me to break my fast. Oh, what's which means which fast? is why my ba- brain is probably a bit floaty right now. What time do you, do you break your fast? Um, just after half past five. Oh, so half an hour to go. Yeah, at Good. the time of this recording. Wow. I, I I have to wait until eight fifteen something oof, like that. Oof, oof, oof. Yeah. Well, anyway, um, have an amazing weekend. Um, take care, and yes. we will talk to you next week. Cheers. Bye bye.